climb aboard, if you dare, for our new road trip through Scotland. Scenic and beautiful, but of course, looks can be deceiving. Join your hosts as they take you through some of the most terrifying places Scotland has to offer. If you'd feel safer, you're welcome to wait in the camper until we return. Just know it's had a history full of attracting some heinous, curious creatures, thus being its intended purpose, of course. Fleeing, however, would be ill-advised. Who knows what strange things you'll encounter out there. So far, far from home, where no one will hear you scream. Let us light a warm fire and begin our tale of horror. Your victims, I mean your listeners, have been warned. I'm Shay. I'm Shay, and I'm here in our cryptid camper with Tom, and we'd like to thank you for being brave enough to join us for our fourth season of Scare Your Pants Up, our Scotland road trip. This is episode 11, and for our haunt, we've set up camp in Linlithgow Palace. How you doing, Tom? I am pretty good. I'm tired today, but I'm pretty good. How are you? I am a dumpster fire. <laughs> no, I'm actually, oh, no. I'm okay. I feel, I feel crappy, but it's, I don't know what's going on, but I, I'm okay otherwise. I'm on the right side of the dirt today, so that's good. <laughs> what you been, what you doing? What you been up to? Watch anything? Do anything fun? I just work a lot, um, so I haven't done too, too much fun stuff, um, but uh i have watched some stuff so i'm trying to remember there's a show on netflix and it's right on the it's in my brain my brain is working really slow right now but um same i uh and so there's one in particular that i watched and i wanted to tell you i watched it but there's a few others i know uh i finished this season of fargo and it was fantastic and it may be it's either my favorite season or my second favorite season. It's so, it was so good. Um, a happier ending than I expected, just because Fargo's not super known for happy endings, but um, yeah. it was excellent, excellent. Um, and then the new season of True Detective started. And oh my God, have you watched? Yeah. So oh, yeah. it's a direct sequel. To it the is. first season. Yep. And the, with the designs, and did you, you, you know who Travis is, right? It, um, isn't it, um, no. The ghost, Travis. It, yeah, it's see. the cop, yeah, it's the, what, it, it's McConaughey from the first season. It's his father. Oh, it's his father. <gasps> oh, that, I... Or, or one's father, because Rustin Cole is McCon um, wait a minute, because it's Travis Cole, right? And, um, yeah. Yeah. is in this season, and Rustin Cole was in the first season. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had that, I had that backwards in my head a little bit, but, yeah, no, this, it's so cool. I'm loving it so far. Yeah. So, I've... <laughs> I am, it's funny, because this one feels, this one feels more paranormal than, mm -hmm. than the other ones have, 
and I'm getting very like Zing vibes. I know it's different, but I'm getting like, I, and it's obviously they're like, they're in Alaska, they're freezing, they're in like, there's a facility. So, I mean, obviously, there's correlations that can be drawn, but I'm getting definite like Zing vibes, but I, <laughs> I am. And I think this is the first time I've done this this season, and I'm not doing it for one of our cryptids, but I'm getting vibes. Uh, very, um, Wendigo-ish vibes because of the, okay. uh, the lore. Yeah. Um, the, and I don't think it is. Uh, not necessarily. Uh, that spiral, I'm not going to get too much into it now, but there's uh, meanings behind that and there's actually native meanings behind that. Um, but what's really cool is there's clearly like alluring that can happen. And then um, I don't... I, it really feels like there's some sort of like a skinwalker thing happening because I'm not 100% sure Travis is just a ghost. I, okay. I know it looks like he is, but he doesn't, it doesn't feel, it doesn't feel like you're run of the mill haunting, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And then um, I like that uh, they're finding like the tongue, which has correlations to Wendigo's, the taking of the tongues. And then, um, but one thing too actually that's a that's super coming to my mind every time i watch this now um is it feels very also very d outlaws past yes yes i oh i like that and it, i hadn't thought of that but yeah it's so good oh it is so good i um very paranormal so the first season felt very paranormal until everything was revealed and then it was and it was great and it was awesome but you know being a paranormal fan a little disappointed you know could just be just because but then on the other hand it's kind of cool because it's in the real world blah 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 but uh this one it feels like it's getting back to its roots because don't get i've liked every season of true detective i thought they're all great for different yeah. reasons and everything but this it just and then like you were saying just the location they're in what a cool look like being you know up there 30 days of night and just uh um and i'm just kind of fascinated by the people that live there and it's kind of cool to just even just see the little thing like the kids in school and it's fucking it's dark outside you think it's night but it's it's (laughs) in the morning and uh or the way they even light the houses like um the the native american woman's kind of boyfriend sex friend there like in his house because have you watched both the first two episodes so far oh yeah yep okay so yeah it uh i i i I just i i love that i I, the the whole thing it's it's so good how about what did you think about jodie foster's sex scene i i (laughs) I, I didn't know. It's funny. So Jodie Foster for me is Clarice. Like that's, I mean, she's like little timid, <laughs> not, not like ultra wild um, Clarice, but yeah, I was good for her. Honestly, good for her. That's she. Good for, I don't know. It was, it was more than I expected to see of Clarice. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but good for her for feeling, I mean, I don't, 
I don't know where she, I don't know what age she is or anything like that, but I mean, it, that's, I mean, she, and she looks fantastic. So it's good for her for having that confidence and good for her for, I don't know, taking that extra step, I guess. I don't know. I've never, I never would have expected Jodie Foster to yeah. be on a, be on a, on a, on a, on a shelf. Like, I don't know. It was a lot. Because Jake, I am right. Jodie Foster is gay, right? Yeah, she is. Yep. Because okay. yeah. I, 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 I was just shocked. I, I was like, yeah, that was not on my bingo card for this season. Jodie Foster in a no. sex scene. But but yeah, like you said, it was good for her. It was great. It was just kind of a shock. Yeah, um, I, I wasn't. It's like, have you have you seen Horns? I know it's like we're off topic, but have you seen yes. Horns with Daniel Radcliffe? He's yeah. like, he's in a treehouse swearing and... Mm -hmm. and having all the sex in it. and <laughs> like that's Harry Potter it's not like I don't know I couldn't I and, I and I think I felt a similar way like that's that's like sweet um not really timid but uh, not very uh er, um Clarice it was it was it broke my mind a little bit <laughs> um so two others that I watched um or actually, three. I, I I watched that documentary. It's only three episodes called American Nightmare, and that's a pretty cool one. It's about the Gone Girl case um, that happened in like 2015-ish, right after Gone Girl came out. Uh, a, a girl was abducted. Her boyfriend was tied up while she was abducted. Then the cops didn't believe her and thought it was they were imitating Gone Girl, which had just come out three months later. And that's a pretty cool documentary if you're into documentaries but two other shows What's that I, on netflix netflix it's it's interesting i i had I, I vaguely remembered hearing about this case but not what how it all went down and everything um very very interesting i won't give away too much then i watch the on netflix it's just a fun show it's not it's action, it's fun, it's not anything profound, it's not like you gotta sit there and intently watch, called Obliterated. Um, and it's just action and, you know, this elite team is trying uh, uh, to find a nuke. And I'm not a big action guy, but this one, like I said, it was just fun, comedy kinda, and well, a lot of it's comedy, so I like uh, action comedies. Definitely worth a check out. And then what I just kind of stumbled upon, again, on Netflix, it's a British show. I really enjoyed it. I think you would just from some of the recommendations that you've given me over time, like Fool Me Once, is a show called Paranoid on Netflix. And okay. it, it's uh, eight episodes, British show, um, and like detectives um, and Somebody get a, a woman gets killed in, in a it starts a woman gets killed in a park in front of a bunch of people in broad daylight and then it's unraveling the mystery and it gets ties to all this other stuff and it's um I, I like I said just from some of the recommendations that you've given me I think you you would might enjoy it I enjoyed it it's it's not like not the greatest show in the world but it was I thought it was pretty good and you know, British, and they, they, they make really good shows over there. <laughs> and so... Um, yeah, they do. They really do. And that is, that's kind of what I watched. How about you? Anything good, or...? 
Um, so I've actually, so I watched, uh, binged the first, I think it's five episodes. Uh, it's a half hour show and it's on Prime and it's called Has Been Hotel, H-A-S-B-I-N Hotel. And it's animated. Uh, it's not, I won't say it's anime style, but it's, it's an animated, um, and it's basically so, um, the daughter of Lilith and, uh, Lucifer Morningstar is, uh, in hell and she has a hotel and she's trying to reform sinners and and, and demons to uh, allow to kind of redeem them and um help them get to heaven from hell and there's a couple residents it is it is dirty it is filthy now it's not it's not appropriate i know it's a cartoon do not watch this with children um it, it's uh there's a character called Angel Dust that is a porn star. So uh, if that tells you at all, um, <laughs> anything about the show, it's not a don't not not a family watch. No, don't watch this with with uh, children uh, at all. Um, but it's <laughs> honestly, uh, I I was skeptical at first, but I <laughs> I really ended up loving it. And the, the characters are just really cool, and it has like a little bit of like a musical quality to it. But it's it's on is awesome and it's on Prime. Definitely checking that out. And then um, I watched, and I think this is on. I feel like this is also on AMC Plus. Maybe uh, it it's um, Mayfair Witches. Oh, okay. I started the first episode probably six times. So. Yeah, I get that. Uh, the first episode does not set you up to like the show. I would say even the first two episodes do not set you up to like the show. Um, once you start getting to a place where you're a little more comfortable with the characters, you're understanding a little bit more, um, it actually gets very interesting. I found, and I know this, like maybe, probably, honestly, unpopular opinion, I didn't find the main character to be super likable. I just didn't. Uh, she didn't. She didn't pull sympathy from me like I feel like they wanted her to. Um, but the characters that they're continuously introducing, the other ones, even the bad ones, um, it's the story ended up being really neat, and I really ended up liking it. And um, it's, I don't know. I, I feel I feel like it's worth a watch, um, but it's I'm gonna give it it's hard shot. for the first episode or so. Yeah. I'll give it because I'm I'm running out of stuff right now, so I'll definitely give it a shot because like it's uh, uh yeah caught, kind of caught up on most. So many fear and husband. No, it was something that I wanted to try. <laughs> really quick, uh, if that's okay. Um, we have a listener and it's Jerry um, who Eric and I used to work with uh, he retired some years ago and he listens to our podcast and I found out the other day that he listens to our podcast on his Amazon um, device I'm, I'm not saying the name of it deliberately because mm-hmm. I want to try this Amazon volume 7 sorry Jerry I just want to see if that worked I won't do it again I promise <laughs> All right, <laughs> I had to try <laughs> but, um, or, or is it Alexa Volume 7 or 
Echo Volume 7. I don't know which way you have it, so... <laughs> <laughs> I have 12 <laughs> of those devices in my house. Oh. <laughs> I'm sorry, Tom. <laughs> I heard a beep <laughs> behind me, so I was like, I don't know if it was that. It could have just been the clock or something, but... Oh, I'm setting Tom's off, too. That's okay. Now you guys, you guys have something to bond over, but... Oh, hi, Jerry. <laughs> All right. Um... Oh, all right well have you got anything else have you got anything else fun to talk about any movies shows or anything i think i'm good all right well do you want to jump on into your cryptid for today i do Pay no attention to those distant screams of terror. I'm sure they're just our heinous creature or cryptid. You should be safe right here. So, yeah, I had our curious cryptid creature of the week, and um, I've looked up the pronunciation of this, and I'm... Um, I think it's oily feist or oily fest. It's O I L L I P H E I S T. And I've looked it up and I'm kind of already forgetting, but oily feist, oily feast. Um, so the oily feast is a sea serpent or dragon like creature from Irish and Scottish mythology and folklore. These creatures were, or are, believed to inhabit the lakes, rivers, and locks of Ireland and Scotland. And there are many tales of saints and heroes fighting them. And I see, you know, you guys know how much I love my, my, my water cryptids. So, I had no idea when we selected these that it was a water cryptid. <laughs> It's a lie. <laughs> so, as I mentioned, you know, there's there's tons of tales um, in their Irish and Scottish folklore of saints and heroes fighting them, and that's pretty much today what I'm going to do is give some accounts of some of these tales of uh, or some of this lore of them because there's not too much more I could actually just find on their description other than. It's a, it's a pretty standard-looking sea serpent, kind of dragon-like. But if you're if you picture most of the water cryptids, it's similar to that. One such such story is an oily face cuts the root of the River Shannon. So the where the River Shannon is, it's essentially has created the River Shannon, and then it hears that Saint Patrick has come to drive its kind out. So, remembering the St. Patrick, Patrick legend or story, he drove the snakes out of Ireland, and today it's believed that the snakes were actually pagans and or druids, um, and not literally snakes, and part of the reason is uh, we kind of know that is there's actually no snakes in Ireland or, or in some of the fossil records over there. So. They have really? no, yes. 
So oh. that, you know, because at the time, at the rise of Christianity and everything, you, you know, you, you know, being, you know, practicing Wicca or whatever, know that they didn't like pagans too much in Druids. And no, they were not fans. Yeah, so that, but they, and they would call them snakes or rats or stuff like that, so. Um, and I've heard a fun fact that St. Patrick was actually from Wales or Britain, not Ireland. Most people, you know, associate with St. Patrick's Day, blah, blah, blah. Um, that he's, you know, the Irish saint, but actually, it's, he was either born in Wales or Britain. Years ago, I remember hearing that he had, um, was possibly Italian. Um, I, I remember that from like elementary school, learning that um, that he was Italian. But most recently, historians believe that either Wales or Britain is actually where St. Patrick was born. Um, anyways, back to the legend. After hearing of St. Patrick's impending arrival, the beast comes across a piper named O'Rourke. And by piper, I mean a guy that plays the pipe, like the Pied Piper. Uh, annoyed by the piper's music, the creature decides to swallow O'Rourke, the piper, whole. The piper, either unaware of his predicament or unperturbed, uh, continued to play in the oily vice stomach. Even more annoyed now with the playing, no, that's in its stomach, the beast coughed him out and spit Rourke out whole. Alive. <laughs> in another tale, a girl named Shannon, but spelled the sort of uh, Irish Gaelic way, S-I-O-N-N-A-N, -N -N, uh, the granddaughter of Manon, Mac Lear angered the salmon of knowledge by throwing stones at it. And side note, the salmon the salmon of knowledge is a salmon, the fish, that ate nine hazelnuts that fell into the well of wisdom. And by eating these nine ha uh, hazelnuts that are falling into the well of wisdom, the salmon of the salmon gained all the world's knowledge. <laughs> and that's just, this is stuff that people believe. Uh, <laughs> this is actual. This is actual lie. This isn't me making it up or me writing a comedy. <laughs> like that is the salmon of knowledge. I, I I kept just thinking of the slamming salmon the whole time. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway, back to the story. In revenge for the rock throwing, the fish summons and asks an, an oily feist to attack the girl. It does, and, and ultimately ends up killing her. Alright, and finally, I'll discuss the law of Karanak, or Kol as she is sometimes known. And I'll probably more um, <laughs> refer to her as colder in this story, just because it's easier to say than chronic. Um, Cole was supposedly an oily feast, or oily feast, and is said to be the mother of demons. 
and she was banished by St. Patrick to Lou Derg in Donegal, Ulster, Ireland. And according to earlier legend, Finn Matt Kumail and the Fianna were asked to slay a hag. And a hag is a kind of fairy or goddess that takes the appearance of an old woman. Um, so they were asked to slay a hag in the Lou Derg region. She was struck by an arrow from a large distance, and due to this, her body was lost. Eventually, the Fianna happened upon her body and was warned not to break the thigh bone, as it would release a dangerous monster. So, you guys will never guess what happens. A person named Coleman broke the thigh bone. That shouldn't, <laughs> they were told not to break the thigh bone, but a, per, uh, a person named Coleman broke the thigh bone and released a small, hairy worm. The worm quickly grew into a large sea monster named Karanik or Cole that began to eat all the cattle of the land. After almost all of the cattle had been eaten, locals began to blame Conan for their woes. <clears throat> Conan, enraged by the mockery and disdain, entered the monster's mouth with a sword and killed it from the inside out. And Lou Derg is named for the blood that came out of Cole or Karanak and dyed the rocks red. In a more Christianized and Anglicized versions of the story, St. Patrick arrives in the area and is told of the beast's ex existence. He then finds the beast and argues with it before slaying the beast himself. Its, its blood then dyed the lake red, and St. Patrick then declared the lake will be called Luderg from there on. Uh, from then on. In some variations to even this variation, uh, St. Patrick actually fails to kill the beast, and the beast still lives in Lou Derg uh, to this day. So, yeah, kind of interesting. Uh, that's about it for this one. This one's a little different for me because it was mainly lore, um, and but I, but I definitely... Uh, I found I found it interesting just because you know, like I said, I'm not a, the biggest water cryptid person, um, but the lore behind this was really really cool. And if you guys are interested, I really suggest doing a a, a little deeper dive on it because it is a pretty cool creature. But that's what I have. All right, so a couple things. First of all, Tom, just stop pretending. We all know. You love the water cryptids. It's okay. And it's fine. We're here for you, and we support you as a community. Um, <laughs> so it's really funny that uh, your cryptid is a water dragon, because, uh, <laughs> well, I won't go too much into it. My cryptid next time is uh, going to be a water dragon. So, <laughs> But a different one. So there's a lot of them, apparently, but that's cool. So it's cool to me how many... So you don't, there's not a lot of like the flying dragon kind of lore that you get in Scotland. They honestly, I kind of expected and I don't know why I expected, but I did. But there's a lot of water 
esque, land esque type dragon stuff. So that's mm-hmm. and, I, and I'm enjoying it. Now, when you said uh, that he he like swallowed the guy whole or ate the guy whole, um, and you could, and he was playing from the inside. Have you ever? I I'm just I'm picturing how funny that would be to hear. You have you seen the video? It's a really short video. This woman has like her Apple AirPods or or earbuds from Samsung, whatever it is. Um, and she open. You can see the case, and one of them's missing. And then she like pans over to her. Her looks like a pug or a Boston Terrier, maybe. And she gets real close to it, and uh, she starts music on her phone. Gets real close to it, and you hear the music coming from the inside of the dog. <laughs> I have not seen that. That sounds hilarious. <laughs> yeah, no, it's 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 pretty funny. Um, you talked about Shannon. Um, you said she was a granddaughter of Manon. Uh, me, it, it, uh, I might have mispronounced the. Okay, it is. Hang on, Shannon, the granddaughter of M A N A N N A N Manonan, and then space M A C, and then another space L A R L I R. So she's so. Shannon of Manananan? <laughs> like, <laughs> no, that's a lot. That's alright. But anyway, so that's funny. Uh the salmon of wisdom or knowledge. Was it wisdom or knowledge? Salmon of knowledge. He got it from the they got the knowledge from the well of wisdom. <laughs> I I don't my brain doesn't know how to take that. That is so freaking funny. Because like of all the things that you're gonna think of to be the knowledge holder for somewhere it's a salmon? <laughs> what? How does that? What is? <laughs> that's a weird choice, but that's okay. I like it. Thank you, because I was when I came across this, because it just it says the salmon of knowledge when I'm doing my research and just moves on. And I'm like, no, 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 we can't just move yeah. on. I got to figure out what this salmon of knowledge is. <laughs> yeah, that's not a phrase you say and you just continue with your life. That's like you you elaborate a little. Um, now, the nine hazelnuts, it's cool how, I really, really like how, uh, numbers in this pop up, and they're, and they're likely symbolic. They talked about the nine hazelnuts, uh, in the well, and what's really cool is nine, nine is actually, um, it's, it's a symbolic number, and, and it's a, it's a whole, it's a holy number if you look at it that way, and it's uh, 49 times in the Bible, um, it, and it means divine completeness. It, uh, it's if you go Hindu, it means uh, courage or strength. But uh, where we are right now, currently in the in the UK area, um, obviously it's going to mean something more biblical. Now, like I said, it means divine completeness or completeness or completion or or something like that. Um, and it's a it's a very important number because. Christ supposedly, according to the Bible, died uh, on the ninth hour, which is actually 3 p.m. So it, it like adds to the kind of whatever of it. So I, I wonder if now a lot of times they're they're combating these things with some sort of like a holy ritual, like a, a like something something bringing God on their side, helping them defeat or overcome these things. So I wonder if they sprinkle these numbers throughout, like they use seven of this or nine of this or like just all, in all different lore it's kind of cool so i wonder if that's the reason behind it that's really interesting i never knew that uh, that uh, that's really cool 
But um, no, great job. So with the knot, it, 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 I, I don't know, you know, I'm not, don't know much about the Bible and that. Would that is that when you're talking about those numbers, is is that sort of like essence of numerology, or is numerology something different? So I, it, so that's uh, that's a hard one. Um, yes, it's something different. Okay. Um, but it's. It's hard because it, it it is kind of numerology, but it's it's not not what we would construe it as today. It's it's just tied into it. Like I mean, it's let's face it. <laughs> there's a lot of stuff from other uh, practices and whatnot, kind of trickled into the Bible and and claimed. So <laughs> wouldn't be uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, just I don't know how to say that nicely, but yeah, I mean, we all know what I'm talking about here. So, yeah, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, take the practices and then burn the witches. It's fine. Um, but anyways, great job, awesome. Yeah, it, that was a lot of fun, and I think you're pronouncing it right. But it's it's hard when we're overseas like this and trying to know how because even when you look it up, there's there's like five different different ways to pronounce the things in different dialects from different places so it's it's hard you don't always know and and obviously we mean no offense if we're pronouncing something wrong we're we're doing our best exactly and if you're out there and you're from scotland or whatever and you know we're saying it wrong please write in and let us know and let you know yeah. we're always, we'll always correct it because like i said we're not we don't mean any disrespect if we mispronounce something nope i agree all right. Well, have you got anything else on your card? I do not. All right. Well, I have the hunt for this week. Ah, you're still here. Step on in for those terrifying haunted tales. I'm sure there's nothing to really be afraid of. Today I'm going to talk about Linlithgow Palace. So... I want to start by saying this one was actually really hard. It's a it's a great story, and there, there's not a lot of meat. No matter where I went for like the information, there's really not a lot to it. So it is going to be a short one, but it is really kind of neat. Oh. Um, so when right um, when Lithgow Palace was built in or around, actually, I should say, uh, 1425. Again, these numbers are absolutely mind-blowing to me. I know, right? It's crazy. <laughs> so, it's believed that Margaret's tutor watched for her husband to return from the Battle of Flodden in 1512 from the highest battlement, but he never did. So, if you look up pictures of it current day, it's actually really sad because it's, it's completely, it's in complete ruins. There's almost nothing left of it. What is standing is cool to see, but looking at what it was in its in its prime it it is a shame and it's and it was not given the love that i feel like you would hope it did no for a little background um james v and mary of guise were amongst the inhabitants and they were even married on site now it's rumored so there's this fountain in the front of the courtyard there uh and it's believed that it ran with wine for their wedding so they actually 
I don't I can't I don't know how they would have sanitarily done that, but I don't <laughs> think sanitation was a big concern back then. Yeah. Um, but probably looked pretty cool because I'm going to assume it was red wine and it probably looked a little bit like blood. Oh yeah. No. The palace fell into disrepair when a group of soldiers were, depending on which lore you listen to, either ordered to or accidentally set it on fire. So they were either careless, uh, having a fire when they shouldn't have been, or they were ordered to. And I've seen, and I actually saw both, and I don't know which one is true. And, I mean, I they, they're both shitty, but yeah. it's, I would hope it was an accident and not, I don't know, but... Now, Mary, Queen of Scots, was the only child of James and Mary to survive past infancy. I've seen any number between three and five for how many children came before her or, well, how many pregnancies there were before her. I I don't know that that they were born and even lived a little bit. I'm not sure. I can't find it sounded like they were maybe stillborn, so I'm not sure. Um, how how much breath they were able to take in life, but um, at six days old, however, now again, she was the only one to make it past infancy, but at six years old, death would claim another person in the family. It would take her father. Now, the haunts here are pretty cool. Um, and again, short, but pretty cool. It's believed that Mary of Guise can actually be seen from a battlement watching for her husband to come home. And as I've said, we know how that went. He, he did not. Um, there's a woman in a blue dress who endlessly seems to walk from the palace toward a local church. And then she dissipates at what sounds like the wall around the palace. But she's always in a blue dress. And it's, yeah, so it, it's just kind of neat. Uh, you hear infants crying, uh, footsteps, like I said. It's believed you can see uh, what might look like a guard or something, maybe, passing through the palace every once in a while. And the, most of them seem to be residual. You can also hear the rustling of silk skirts, which is cool. Because if you think about it, that really is a very, very specific sound. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not yeah right at first i was like i was like oh how do they know it's a no but really when you think about it that is a very very specific sound um but like i said this one was short i didn't know how short it was going to be and how hard it was going to be to find information on it but um there is some cool historical stuff that you can also get into just just look it up because honestly the, the place in its prime was absolutely stunning and it's it's sad to look at it now but it's still kind of cool looking if you get what i mean yeah, no, I, I think it was cool. Um, so sometimes short ones are the best. Uh, I was taking notes. I I love fountain ran with wine. Um, because I just remember being a kid and elementary school and being like, someday I'm gonna be a millionaire. Thinking a million dollars could you would be set for life with a million dollars as a kid, not realizing that. 
you might have a couple of good years with a million dollars, but that's about it. It's it's not going to get you far. But I remember when I'm a millionaire, I'm going to have what we call around us a bubbler, or um, others call a water fountain in schools where you push a button and drink. That yep. uh, Coca Cola. That was my big. When I became rich, I was going to have a, a, a bubbler with Coca Cola in my house. Yep. I thought that would have been the coolest thing. So maybe think of that, the red wine and the fountain. But again, like you said, not very, probably not very sanitary, but it was the 1400s or whatever, whenever they got married, maybe the 1600s. And, uh, uh, 1512, I think. Yeah. 1500s. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I mean, they're not too far past the Black Plague. Sanitation isn't a huge thing. Germ theory doesn't exist for another couple hundred years. Yeah. Uh, so, um, the soldiers setting it on fire like you said hopefully um that was an accident <laughs> you would hope um makes sense why you would hear infants crying stuff like that um with mary queen uh, that many children dying y'all mary queen of scott siblings there that would would have been siblings that die either you know in childbirth or infancy or still whatever it was you know so that that makes sense um i like the blue dress lady just because i'm always a fan of a woman in white yeah. a woman in red that i just think that's great uh, sad about me I, I just uh i get a sad visage of Mary Guy is watching from the battlement, you yeah. know, anticipating uh, the husband coming home. Um, and then, like you said, the rustling of silk shirts. Uh, my first thought immediately was, well, that's not making much sound. But then when I think about it, it is a very specific, very... So, that is cool. I, you know, it's always cool when we get specificity in some of these more general like and when i say general i'm talking about it's not tied to a specific apparition it's not you know it's just like disembodied voices which should be tied to but we don't know what apparition it's tied to um so i did like that that is um very very uh like i said a specific sound but yeah no i thought this was a, a great choice i thought that was really really cool it's um like it's so cool here like i know you've said it numerous times just how old these are and it just makes so much sense why there would be so much stuff going on in all these places i mean these go on hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years before our country even existed so it's it's very cool uh and a lot of fun but yeah great choice really really enjoy that so when it is, you did it last episode too, and it's funny, and it's it is something you're doing wrong. But it, it, for some reason, every time you say so, and I agree with you. Actually, I agree with you 100%. I also like this uh, when you talk about um, it's just something about the woman in white, uh, the lady in red, the it, you know the different color dresses and stuff like that. When you say that you really love the woman in the the lady in red or the woman in red. I can't help but think of the song and immediately it plays in my head, Lady in Red, every time. And it's, <laughs> I don't know, that's, it's just what's in my head every time. Um, but, and that's funny. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
it's funny because uh, that song, by the way, I always thought that was originally Eric Clapton, and it's not. It was actually originally Chris Berg, and I had no idea that that wasn't just Clapton's song. Yeah, I didn't. I, I honestly, I didn't. I didn't even have a thought of who it was, but I wouldn't have known Chris Berg. I don't. I really. I've heard that name, but I couldn't tell you too much about Berg, So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, have you got anything else on Lennox Palace? I do not. All right. You want to jump on into your strange encounter? Ah, uh, you survived. Just long enough for our encounter beyond strange. I do. Yeah, so I have this week's Strange Encounter, and um, this is actually a cool one. I will say, and I know we've said this, and it's partly just because we're not from that country, researching a lot of this stuff is tough to find a lot of information, but I eventually was able to find a really good amount, and this one's actually fairly long because I was able to, it's just... And doing the research for this season, it's really got to do like a deeper dive to find stuff and, um, you know, use, like I always use, we both always use multiple, multiple resources, but got to use even more now just to find these these things. But I'm, this week I'm discussing the, the West Frau incident. So on the night of April 4th, 1957, Radar operators around the West Frau Royal Air Force Base, um, and, which is the Air Force's bomb test range headquarters, were scanning the skies while waiting for one last aircraft to appear from um, the Royal Air Force Base in Farnsborough, a uh, Royal Air Force Base Farnborough in Hampshire. After getting word that it would be delayed, the range coordinator asked all mobile radar units to stand down. But one of the radar operators stationed at Bar uh, Bar Skalak didn't receive the message and then picked something strange up on his radar screen. And the strange thing whatever this strange thing was, was over the Irish Sea, approximately 20 miles from Stranraer. Then another operator stationed at Ardwell, just a few miles to the south, also confirmed he had a solid echo on his screens. So the range coordinator then asked other units to verify what was happening. This is when the Ministry of Supply operator came right back stating that he had locked on to more than one. The astonished operator at Barskalak tracked the large object which seemed to just hover at a height of 50,000 feet. But then it suddenly rose to approximately 70,000 feet in a matter of seconds before moving at what was described as phenomenal speeds and making impossible turns. 
well, at least speeds and turns that no known man-made aircraft could do. With all the operators locked onto the craft, they watched as it began to move in an easterly direction, picking up speed as it headed towards Newton Stewart. The object of craft then suddenly turned in the direction of the Isle of Man and accelerated again. And then at this point, the radar signals became contradictory, with Barskalak radar following a large single object at a high altitude while Ardwell tracked four smaller objects. And these four smaller objects were actually following uh, in each other in a line at approximately 14,000 feet. As the echoes began to disappear, all the uh, radar operators tried to track four smaller objects trailing behind the larger echo, but this proved fleeting. As all the echoes soon disappeared after being tracked for 36 minutes in total, which we know is a lifetime in a UFO encounter or sighting or something. 36 minutes is a long time. Well, there's not too much more here, but several uh, UFO, several ufologists and other experts in the field believe this to be very legitimate, as it was tracked by multiple people in different areas on three different radars. Moreover, Wing Commander Walter Whitworth of the Royal Air Force, West Fra and he is the West Frau commanding officer, confirmed that the Air Ministry was taking the incident very seriously, stating that the object was one of substance and not a freak. And he was and is not allowed to discuss this incident in any substantive way only he can only speak about it in generalities well that is it that is the west frow incident of 1957. so good job now the first thing i love anything that's that's spotted or uh captured somehow by uh, like official people i know it sounds not like official people because mm -hmm. it it makes it more gives it more validity i guess not, not that i don't believe joe schmo saw it or anything like that but you really can't logically fight that because yes they, I know, agree. they know what they're saying so i definitely um, agree yeah now something that i'm finding has has happened in a, not just in scotland when, and when we did our uh, american road trip too um Something that I'm finding to be a, a weird, almost coincidence that happens more than I feel like it should. It always, and it, and it always happens like this. All right, everybody, now turn off your document, your documenting technology or whatever, and stop filming because you know this isn't going to happen for a while, or this is running late, or we don't need it now. And they stop, but someone doesn't. Now, why? is this happening when people are being told to stop recording why is it happening when devices are 
being turned off because they're quote-unquote not needed. It almost feels like maybe there's some sort of uh, privacy agreement or, or something that we're not privy to. And again, this happens in America too. It's not just Scotland. And I'm sure we're going to find it as we expand our international road trip. It's That's a thing for me. I don't know. That's really... I, I, I hadn't really thought about that, but that's really interesting. Like, I that's... That's really... Because I had never really made that connection, but you're right. That is... That is wild. But, I like no, that. I... I really like that one, and I like I like how much meat it had. But it's I imagine seeing that just like just that random blip of something that there's not, and they know what's supposed to be there. Like there's like schedules for the stuff. There's and all of a sudden hmm. this and, and it can't be small. It like it has to be fairly sizable, I would imagine. Um, but I I don't know. I I love that, that stuff. It's just really really cool. Yeah, I, I agree, and yeah, this one was really cool, like you said, for every, for all those reasons you said, it's, you know, I, it's not that you know, we don't believe any Tom, Dick, or Harry that on the road that has it, but when you have all these people, like commanding officers in these, it, it, it adds another air of validity, and this is, this one was seen on multiple radars by multiple people doing things that our aircrafts couldn't do i um this this was one of my more favorites that we did this uh, or that i've done this season just because there was substance to it there and it was it, it was really cool and another thing here in scotland a lot of these alien encounters i are somehow in with their Royal Air Force. This is like, what, number four or five so far that we've done this okay. season where we mentioned yeah. Royal Air Force in it. So that, that's really interesting, too. So. Yeah, coincidence? I think not. But. Exactly. <laughs> oh, no, that, was, that one was really, really good. Good job. Um, all right. Have you got anything else on your strange encounter? I do not. All right, everybody, thanks for joining us, and we're so glad you made it out alive. Be sure to come back next week when our haunt brings us to the Pinky House. Until then, happy camping. Thanks, guys. Bye. As always, thank you for joining us. Come back next week if you're brave. For those looking to take it one step further, be sure to join us on Facebook and Instagram. And check out our terrifying new website too. SYPOPodcast.com And spread the word. Tune in on all major platforms.